Well, good morning. A scripture from today, or two verses from Proverbs. The first one is Proverbs 17. And verse 17. A friend loves at all times, and a brother or sister is born for a time of adversity. Then again from Proverbs, this time chapter 27, verse 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And in a companion passage from Ecclesiastes chapter 4. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. And there was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling, he asked, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This too is meaningless, a miserable business. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If they fall down, they can help each other up. But pity those who fall and have no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, Two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. In every decade, it seems that there are certain situation comedies or sitcoms that capture the attention of the public. They become deeply popular and and they resonate with people and become a part of the pop culture and lingo. For example, in the 80s, it was Cheers. Um, Next came Seinfeld and then Friends. And now a very popular sitcom seems to be the Big Bang Theory. It's constantly on, it seems like, reruns. They're very different um, sitcoms, but they have some common threads. One is situated in Boston. It's centered in a bar, and there's a cast of uh, lovable losers. Um, Seinfeld is set in New York, and the plot is that there really is no plot. Seinfeld himself has said it's a story about nothing. And Friends was set in New York also, and it had a cast of six, three guys and three gals, and they're doing life together in New York, trying to figure out life and love. And the Big Bang Theory features a group of scientists who are quirky and, and, kind of, and, and annoying at times and unusual, but very endearing characteristics. And it follows their story and work and also their love interests. And, and all these shows strike a nerve with the public because most people want what these characters are portrayed as having in the sitcoms, a circle of friends who will be there for them, people who know their name, somebody to do life with. Today we are continuing our sermon series from the book of Proverbs, just a little bit about Proverbs. Proverbs was written by Solomon, King Solomon, David's son. And the Bible tells us that when he was asked by God, uh, what do you want before he began his reign? He said, I want wisdom. I want a discerning heart so I know how to best govern my people. And God granted him that. And God granted him that wisdom. And Proverbs is a collection of the wisdom that he and observations he made about life and how life works and how it's supposed to work over the years. And it's full of all these sort of pithy statements. They ring true even today, thousands of years later. So he looked at different topics from Proverbs. It covers a lot of things. Uh, anger, conflict, wisdom, how we handle our money, Sex and temptation, marriage, raising your kids. Today we look at the topic of friendship. And Proverbs says a lot about friendship. 
about the kind of friend we should look for, but also the kind of friend that, that we should be. So let's dig in. What does Proverbs have to say about friendships? Well, it teaches us to begin with that friendships is more than acquaintance. We have a lot of acquaintances in life, people we know on a surface level, but friendship is something much deeper, Proverbs says. It goes beyond the people we golf with or, 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 or see at a ball game or, or, or see at a club. It, it, those can be friendships, but it's, it's more than that. It has this, offers us this exalted view of friendship that goes beyond the surface level friendship le- relationship to a, a deeper level where we share our hearts and our lives with each other. Solomon wrote Ecclesiastes, the second passage that I read, second book I read for, where he talks about how it's better to have more than one person. It's not good to be alone, that you need a friend or two to do life with. Solomon said this in chapter 18, the one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother or sister. Maybe you, in your mind, when I read that, you think of that person, that that, that guy or that gal who's a friend that sticks closer than a brother or a sister. So having mere companions in life isn't enough. We need close, heart-to-heart, inner circle friends. So how do we choose our friends? Well, Proverbs tells us that we need, need to be very careful and intentional and cautious about the friends we choose. Solomon wrote, a righteous person is cautious in friendship. Let's look at it this way. Say you have your own company. You've started from the ground up. You've built it up. Uh, You've invested time and money and energy. Your dreams are tied up in this company. And you're at a place where you want to hire somebody to kind of come alongside you. It's just too much for you to do. Or you're thinking, I want to retire someday or want to spread out this this responsibility so I can have more time with my family. And so you want to hire a a right-hand man or right-hand woman, however you want to look at it. And so who do you hire? Now, remember, this person has access to your, your money, your books. They are going to represent your company in public. They will make strategic decisions with you about the future of your company, your business. So what kind of person will you hire? Somebody who is fun just to hang out with, but not a lot of substance? No, you're going to look for somebody with character and experience and wisdom and discretion and ability and integrity. When it comes to choosing the friends that we do life with, it's, it's, it's much the same. It's a person whose advice you will seek and who you will turn to when times are rough. It's a person you'll share the good times with and a person that you're going to learn from throughout life. So Solomon says... Do not approach the task of choosing friends lightly. You know, when I was young, I was told to have a friend be your friend. You know, that's, you know, that's true. Or you should be a friend to the friendless. So you know, I'd look for people in the class who were kind of excluded. I'd try to be their friend. Sometimes I was that person, I guess. I don't know. But you would try to do those things. But with any uh, axiom or, or adage or advice, there always needs to be a little bit of a, a caveat. Sometimes people carry along a, a lot of drama around. You know the type? There's always drama following them. There's always a problem in their life. They're always negative, and they drain you and wear you out. Maybe bringing a person like that into your life is going to drag you down. Now, I'm not saying that we don't reach out to those people. 
that we aren't friendly with them, that we don't try to help them and influence them in a positive way, but we are to be very careful in who we share our heart with and who we do life with. It's sort of like choosing a mate. In choosing a friend, you should try to choose a certain type of person. And you should strive to be a certain kind of person. So, what are the three characteristics of a good friend we find in the book of Proverbs? Let's just take a look. First of all, a friend hurts when you hurt. Solomon says this, a friend loves at all times and a brother or sister is born for adversity. What's that mean, born for adversity? That means that they're in your life for a reason. They're there to help you when you go through tough times. A friend should hurt when you hurt. Steve May tells a story about when he was a teenager and he dropped in on, a, on a, a, some friends who were married. And he popped into their house and he recognized pretty quickly they'd been crying. And he wasn't quite sure what to say. And when the wife left the room, he asked the husband, hey, is everything okay? He said, yeah, it's okay. He said, well, why are you crying? Well, some friends of ours, some very good friends of ours are getting divorced and it's hitting us really hard. They're in a lot of pain right now. A friend hurts when you hurt. Sometimes it's sad because people will go through a tough time, a divorce, and so-called friends just jettison them from their lives. Or sometimes people go through a, a financial trouble and they get abandoned when they need help most. Or sometimes people, their kids get into some sort of trouble and it's public and suddenly nobody wants anything to do with them. How precious and rare it is, how important it is to have friends who hurt when we hurt, who stand with us in times of trouble. Now, Job says this about friendship. This is very important. He writes, A despairing person should have the devotion of their friends, even though they forsake the fear of the Almighty. In other words, a person who is in a time of doubt, out of struggle, and they run away from God, they doubt God, they reject God, that's when they need their friends most. That's when they need you to hang in there with them, to pray with them, to, to love them, to encourage them. A friend hurts when you hurt. Secondly, a friend will say what needs to be said. When I was in college, my first semester at KU, um, I made great friends right away. I was very fortunate, very blessed. There's, there are four guys that we connected with each other, and we, we hung together for the next four years. We still stay in touch and still encourage each other and do trips and things like that occasionally. But we were very different backgrounds, very different personalities. There was Chuck, the perfectionist, very sincere and very focused. Grew up on the Kansas City Country Club. There was William, the responsible one, always did what was appropriate, always loyal, the kind of guy who keeps everybody connected. He's kind of the, the social network guy. Uh, there was Tim, the life of the party, and, and the, the wrestler and, and football player, always ready to hang out, always a good time. And then there was John, the happy-go-lucky guy, everybody's best friend. And then there was me. You can kind of fill in the blanks. <laughs> what we had in common was our commitment to Christ. We were loyal to each other. And we cared enough about each other to be brutally honest, if needed, because we wanted what was best for the other guy. And there were times that it, we all took turns kind of playing that role in each other's lives. Sometimes it was very simple advice, like before a date. Mac, that was my nickname. That clone is way too strong. Wash it off. Good advice. At times it helped me stay on track. Don't you have a big test tomorrow? You should not go to that game tonight. 
And at times it was, it hurt. It was more personal. Mac, you're on the wrong track spiritually. When's the last time you were in church? When's the last time you read your Bible or prayed? And we're still friends, and we still offer each other advice. A friend will say to you what needs to be said, even if it hurts a little, and especially if it hurts a lot. Because with a true friend, we know that the words are not meant to hurt long-term, but to help and to build up and to bring out the best. Solomon said this, Words from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. What does that mean? An enemy multiplies kisses, like a kissing bandit? I don't know. This means someone who isn't your friend will say whatever it is is easiest to say at the time. But a true friend will be honest enough to say what needs to be said at the time. A friend offers encouragement and support also. A friend says things that build your confidence. Solomon again says, the pleasantness of one's friend springs from his earnest counsel. They have your best interests at heart. So in choosing friends, we need to ask ourselves, is this a person I can count on for advice? Because this per- Will this person say what needs to be said? Will they hurt when I hurt? And finally, a friend will bring out the best in you. Solomon warns us, because our friend's character rubs off on us. Do not make friends, he writes, with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. You've seen it happen. Maybe you've been in that situation. The people in our lives that we share our lives with have the ability to influence us for better or for worse. We're either influencing or being influenced. Some of you might remember the name Don Johnson, uh, those of you of a certain age. But Don Johnson grew up in Wichita, went to KU for a year, and then went to Hollywood and became a movie star and TV star, most notably known for Miami Vice. And when his career took off in the early 70s, he got caught up in the lifestyle, uh, drugs, alcohol, living it up. For about a decade, he did this. And then in 1983, he finally got his life straightened out and he became sober. And he was asked in an interview if he had any regrets. And he had this to say, yes, I regret wasting lots of time with a bunch of jerks who are bad influences that I wish I hadn't spent 10 minutes with, much less 10 years. How many times have you heard the phrase, he got caught up in the wrong crowd? It happens way too often because, let's face it, we as human beings, we tend to be chameleons. We blend and and fit in wherever we're at, most of us. We tend to act like the people we associate with. And sooner or later, we tend to take on their values. In the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul warns us, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. So whoever you become close to, whoever you bring into your inner circle, will have an influence on your life. So seek friends who will bring out the best in you. My favorite proverb, probably of all, is 27.17. As iron sharpens iron, so one man, one woman, sharpens another. That's the name of our, our men's ministry here is Iron Men. They pulled it from this verse. And, and the idea behind the name is that they want, they commit themselves to do life together, to serve together, to pray together, 
to encourage each other, to invest in each other's marriages and friendships, to, and, and to pray for their children. Um, they, they pledge to keep each other sharp, to keep an edge, whether it's as a father or a husband or a brother or a son or an employee or a neighbor, a follower of Jesus Christ. As iron sharpens iron, so one man, one woman sharpens another. We need people like that in our lives who bring out the best in us. You probably know the names of John Elway and Dan Marino, both Hall of Fame NFL quarterbacks. And both of them got coaches, new coaches, towards the ends of their careers for the last couple of years. John Elway and his new coach were best friends. They had a very honest and frank relationship. Dan Reno and his coach did not like each other. They, they did not get along. Elway finished his career winning two Super Bowls. Marino finished his career with a thud. And both men have admitted that their relationship with their coach had something to do with the, the ending. Neither one of these men chose their coaches. The owners did. General managers did. But we can choose our friends. Choose friends that make you sharp. Choose friends with qualities you admire. Choose friends with qualities that you want to see in your own life. Because their character will ultimately rub off on you. I hope today's message will inspire you in at least two ways. First, if you do not have close friends you do life with, seek people out to do life with. With qualities that you want in your own life. People of wisdom and compassion and character. And if you're involved in relationships that are dragging you down, I hope you will put some, some distance, put a few barriers, some boundaries, at least until the place where you're able to influence in a positive way. And then secondly and lastly, I hope you will aspire to be the kind of friend that people can count on. Because God has put people in your life, I'm sure, that need a friend, that need a true friend. So hurt when your friends hurt. Say what needs to be said to each other in a way that helps them become better. And seek to bring out the best in each other. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are God uh, who has created us in your image. And that means that we were created to be relational creatures. You exist, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in an intimate relationship of oneness. And, and, and you know, and, and Lord, you created us for the same sort of relationship, of, a relationship of, of oneness, of closeness, of being known and knowing others well, of, of seeking to bring out the best in each other. So Lord, give us wisdom as we choose our friends. Help us to be the kind of friend that we would want. And Lord, may in all our relationships, may we honor you and please you. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen.